what? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrell from Monty and the Farrell, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Alright, welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Cockham of Long Island. As always, at the board is our trusted superhero, Jared Spidey Man. Spidey? How come Thank you, you, I appreciate that. How do you come you call him Spidey instead of Spidey Man? Spidey Man? Yeah. Why would I call him Spidey Man? Because he's a man. I wouldn't call it. First of all, Spider Man would sound more normal than Spidey Man. That's probably right. Yeah. What on earth? I call him Spidey because <laughs> he swooped in and saved the day when we had somebody hacking up the board. <laughs> yeah. I can't. <laughs> That's I, I didn't call turn him. this thing on. Wow, it's on. I did it. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Oh, boy. Oh. Hey, Spidey, uh, Farrow was telling me when you were trying to help him, he was slapping your hands. You got your hands slapped <laughs> away from the board, huh? Yeah, that happened one time. <laughs> One time is one time too many, my friend. Well, wait a minute. What is he, how is he like you're going to reach it when he slaps it? Like, what happened? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much? It was pretty much. I know what I'm doing! Wow. Did you laugh, Spidey? You laughed, didn't you? What did I happen? thought it was kind of funny, yeah. Yeah, you should. Because the funny thing was that he was struggling, too. So he slapped my hand, and, and then I just sat there and just watched him struggle. Oh, shit, I hit the mute. <laughs> well, the worst thing is I, I brought all those shows on, and he hacked them all Every death. single one of Every them. Every day at work, I get I calls. Mean, this guy sucks. You're what, destroying what our shows. What, what about when Elvis's bodyguard threatened to use kung fu on you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I, it's just like, you know, you're trying to. Dude, you know, there's nothing worse than. To give a good product and you're getting threatened there's to be nothing, like there's another worse who's the guy from uh jesus christ there's too the, many the guy Which from one? um the pope of greenwich village help me the pope of greenwich village who's the Who actor the help the me come on i can't remember I, his I name will, uh, wait a minute you mean roberts yeah eric roberts what about roberts? he's roberts. doctor who uh yeah, the master to me calls but... calls me up and goes you're destroying my reputation his <laughs> reputation yeah he hasn't been Doctor Who in 30 years, and he was only Dude, I mean, Doctor Who for But one. that's how bad he wasn't even Doctor Jeff, Who. Jeff, with his great producer, 
single-handedly took down yeah. the King's bodyguard. Yeah. The the yeah. blood sport guy, yeah. Frank Dukes. Frank right. Dukes is like, I'll kill that guy. They yeah. were, <laughs> it was crazy. Eric Roberts, was, I hate was, this guy. It was bad. It was bad. What about going back to porn for What's-Her-Face? She's like, that's it. I'm going back to make movies. I'm going back to make movies. I was like, this is crazy. Ona Z's like, I'm done. I'm yeah. going back to have a penis in my ass. <laughs> yeah. She was like, this one hit the pee spot. I'm like, the pee spot? Puke. I'm like, wow. The pee spot? Wow. Good job, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you did awesome. You did great. How, one time I had Tony oh. Atlas in here. We were going to film Tuesdays with Tony. Good Lord. He couldn't even turn on the computer. What about when he was excited? Tony Atlas was like, I can do a better job. What about, did you see Tony's eyes get big when he was like, wow, I turned it on. And like, Tony was like, he's going to be in charge of this show. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We had some famous people. Yeah, we did. And they all hate us. They all hate us. It went well. It went very well. And Spidey's sitting there just laughing so of course at this Spidey's guy's thumbing you know, through. Yeah, but I mean, the second Spidey walked in, I like looked at the kid and I'm like, like, like the little hearts popped out of my eyes. I was just like, wow, is that the guy who's going to save the <laughs> I'm, day? I'm in love. I was in love with his abilities. I was wow. just like, wow, this kid knows what he's doing. Right, I was listen, like, you I, see that I kid over there? I don't want to go off the rails because we got too late. Uh, an icon on the phone. Yeah, uh, we do. We have to have a yeah, commercial that we, break. That we do. Farrow shooter who killed two Mississippi cops ID'd as a 40-year-old, 43-year-old mom and a veterinarian. The Mississippi woman who shot to death two cops in a hotel parking lot was what? identified Thursday as 43-year-old veterinarian and mother as she pulled the trigger in front of her young daughter, police said. Oh. Amy Brogdon Anderson of Ocean Springs is accused of open fire. Is, is Scott Casey from Mississippi? Uh, I, he said Bigfoot country. Maybe he is. Maybe really? he knows this woman. I, I, uh, I know her. She, she helped my dog. <laughs> Well, at least she didn't shoot anybody in front of a cat or something like that. <laughs> oh, God forbid. Well, she's a veterinarian after all. But thought things about that. Like, killer mom. This is horrible, dude. Who would do this in front of their kid? What was the problem? Does it say what the problem was? I guess she was angry. She was angry. She might have been angry over this. You ready? I don't understand. She no. was reportedly well-liked in the community. Well, no. You know what she was angry over? What? Our next story. Oh. Idaho Potato Commission releases limited edition potato perfume. Maybe she was angry. She got some bad potato perfume. Why would the Idaho Potato Commission announce it's celebrating Valentine's Day? This this article's old. I don't know where the hell I pulled this from. And a state signature crop with a limited edition product. Celebrating Valentine's Day. Potato. It's coming. What are you talking about? It's right around the corner. There you go. That's what this is about. All right. I'm sorry. Thanks for saving me. Yeah. No, you're fine. No, this is a potato perfume. Yeah. (laughs) Fritz by Idaho. You get to smell like a fresh plate of French fries. I'm sorry. I'm holding out until they get me some something that smells like Doritos from my armpits. Screw that. I want ranch. <laughs> <laughs> what is this shit? This is ridiculous. Idaho. Do they do dark roussette? Oh, my God. That's pretty good. Why not? You or is it roussette? Sweet potato fries. Sweet potato. You'd smell sweet. That'd be nice. How about the, how about the Jeff R. perfume? What is that? Oh, no. Put it I, on and instantly wait. destroy lives. <laughs> I heard it stinks. <laughs> wow. That's, that's bad. To the right of the show is our star, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Hi. I'd like to thank the band that sings a theme song for the Monty and the Farrow show. Our own Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart <clears throat> Griggs, make up the band, Wisteria Hall. Bart, man. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dream, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Find it. 
Spotify, Apple Music, Reverb Nation, where music is sold, and I personally am waiting for the third album. Mm-hmm. I am anxiously awaiting mm-hmm. because I need some when I get back into the gym, which I'm getting close to now. Okay. How close are you? I started in my basement a little bit, weak as hell, but I'm trying. Okay. So okay. one step at a time. Jeez, I need like a, a free straight month to, to uh, do this to make another record. I better hurry up. Okay. Uh, before I continue, I want to do a shout out. First of all, I want to thank everybody who's supporting the new YouTube page. Um, we are now monetized, so I want to thank Mitch Seinfeld, Jason, Mitch, Morning, Mitch. Thank RJ, you thank you, thank you. Um, Maria Davis, the first lady of wrestling, Maria. JBO2, thank you, sir. Let's see who else is in it. Roy Batiste, always love to see you. What's Jay up, Will, always What's great up? to see you. Up, Chris Will. Lee, I'm worried about you, buddy. You haven't what? texted me in a week. Maybe he's hanging out with Outback Jack. He might be. You know? Phil Desiree, good evening. Hi, Phil Desiree. We've got uh, Andrew Chrome Joe, just found you guys again. Glad you did. Cool. We're slowly getting back there. We got got, Thank you guys for rebuilding us after uh, we got taken out. ESO in the house. Talked to Bruce the other day. And, you know, we're making a big push as we're bringing in icons like... The person we're going to speak to after the commercial break, Mr. Scott Casey. Mm-hmm. And then we've got shows over the weekend, so very excited. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling show, Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh could also be seen on the Monty and the Pharaoh, iHeartRadio, I Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Channel 115 in New York, where you'll see Scott Casey, or hear Scott Casey, um, in the reduced version, every Tuesday. Channel 115 at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Where over 150,000 people are watching us weekly in New York. Wow, it's gone up. We're doing pretty well. Cool. We want to thank our new sponsor, Manscaped, which uh, me and Jimmy and Tony Atlas will be uh, filming a commercial. Uh, I am not shaving. So right Tony's now, potato uh, our, our, our official movement with this sponsor has started, guys. So we get 20% off of Manscaped just for Christmas, right? At Manscaped for free shipping and promo. Use code M-A-N-D-P. Wow. M-N-D-P. Get it? Yeah. M-A-N-D-P. Yeah. At Manscaped.com. You could see it right on the bottom of the twip, the thing, right? And, uh, you know, Pharaoh, you... You got your own set here. They sent your own set. You could shave them nutsacks and get yourself cleaned up. You shave could, my nutsack. You know, I found recently, maybe Might I could reveal this. Farrell likes to toss a little salad. Maybe you could shave some of those women's what, what tiny holes. Toss a little salad? Where the fuck? I don't even eat salad. What are you talking about? You don't want to toss salad? No, what does that mean? I've heard it, but I've never Hold heard on, it. You know, before we go to commercial break, salad. yeah, before we go to break, what the I, I would tell you, but I want I want maybe the fans to tell you what oh, toss a salad here is. Here we go, guys. Don't, don't guys. Could someone out. make what it clear to uh, what is tossing? Yes, yeah, so says Manscape is awesome product, guys. If you can support us, get a Christmas gift for one of your friends. Use that code. Show them the support for Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Tossing salad is eating ass, my friend. That's tossing salad. It's tossing salad. Oh, like you might we'll accidentally ask, we'll, get a crouton in your tongue? That's we'll, disgusting! We'll, that is gross! You could use the Manscaped trimmer so you don't get any hair in your mouth. 
Dude, all you really need. Or is, you could, if you're eating, if you're in the. All in you the really safari, need are two things. You need a resume from the person and a spar of soap. Okay. If you're gonna go chow down in China, <laughs> why are we talking? If you're gonna about chow this? down in Chinatown, yeah, you shave that all up, clean that up. Wow. All right. What? You like you get, can't find it? You don't want to get hair in your mouth. No, you don't. That's true. Manscape. You know that can happen on the other end right too. Right here, when you're tossing the salad, weed, can, the you know. weed whacker. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> Who the hell? Tosses? All right. Oh God. The weed whacker. Phil says, oh, Mike, glad you didn't say peel a potato like Conan used to say. Very funny. I love it. <laughs> oh, shit. Jason says, tossing salad is essentially essentially bottom feeding. Oh. Ooh, okay. Jason, I must agree. <laughs> Put, putting, putting, putting pie? Is that what we're getting Whoa. out of here? <laughs> anyway, we'll be right, at, right back after this commercial break where we get to speak to. Mandy Rhodes instantly says, Mike, I demand you eat my pudding. You're not doing it. We'll be right back with the former Texas heavyweight champion, by the way, Mr. Scott Casey. In a sec. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 866 7 Cast now. That's eight six six seven. Cast now. Quick cast. Start your own success. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island, mm. where we are starting with our first leg of a very uh, busy week. Good busy yeah. weekend. Yeah, we'd be busy. The legend. Mr. Scott Casey. Scott Casey, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, great. I'm down here in Bigfoot country in Arkansas, but it, it's colder than my ex-wife's kiss, but outside of that, it's, it's a great place. Well, Scott, I think the most pending question we have to ask you is, have you ever tossed someone's salad? Would you please? Oh, my God. How did I ever toss... Someone's salad. No, have you? Have you? Have you, we, sir? We know how. Mike we know how. <laughs> have you? Have you ever tossed someone's salad? Oh, boy. No, I usually let them do it themselves, you know, and then I like it the way I do it. How the hell did they get the tongue around to the other side? What are you talking Wait a minute. Oh, Scott, I love it. Uh, good answer, though. I can go with that. So, Scott, thank you for joining us. How's your health and how's your family, my friend? I've been living here. If you know anything about the, the, the map of the United States, Arkansas and Louisiana butt up to each other, okay? And uh, I live, if you were to throw a rock from my house, it would land in the, uh, in Louisiana. I mean, it's, it's a state line. Oh, you're right on the line. 
Right on the line. Down here, you know, people. I mean, you know, people are always going. You ask them something like, uh, "How do you get to here?" There, well, you go this way, and if you don't turn right there, you're gonna have to go on down to the next exit and uh, come back. You know, I mean, the people are. I mean, they're friendly and nice, but they're southern. You know, and uh, it's <laughs> it can get confusing at times. Turn this way and you turn that way. Yeah, you turn this way and you turn that away, and uh, that that that. Uh, I have my better half here telling me how to talk on the radio. <laughs> I've been doing it for fifty. Yeah, I you mean, might have had. Damn. You might have had a salad or two in the Yo, past. Scott, I got to tell you, I spent two years in Louisiana, and I will never go back. Oh boy, oh boy. I don't, I don't blame you, Lewis. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you out if you don't shut up here. For... <laughs> okay. Wow, we got a match live damn. on the air. Look at this. <laughs> Should I ring the bell? <laughs> oh my God, Scott, uh, good friend of ours, Nick Massey, the captain. Uh, co-authored a book a book a book with you one last ride what made you write that book what made me write it uh i just decided you know i did i wanted to tell it my way you know and it's you know you don't realize until you're in the business that everybody wants to be number one everybody wants to talk about you everybody wants to tell their side of the story of what you did and what you didn't do. And uh, I, I, one thing, you know, I I was married a couple of times, but I, I don't talk about the wives. I, 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 it's just, you know, it's, who needs it, you know? I mean, I, I can tell enough bad stories about people that curl your ears, honest to God. But uh, I, I went around the world nine times. Nine, N-I-N-E, in case you're wondering. And I went to, uh, let's see, places like Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Japan. Uh, it, it's, it, there's no place like home, guys. There really isn't. You know, I mean, you, you, I went to Israel. Uh, that was a trip. We went over there. And uh, I was working for Joe Blanchard. And uh, we got off the plane, or we flew in, excuse me, we flew into Tel Aviv. And there must have been probably 20,000, 30,000 people waiting to see us because they had seen our TV show for years but never saw us. And uh, it was quite an experience. They had... Everybody that wasn't a wrestler got off the plane. We got off the plane in in the back of it, not in the front. And they had what they call the Mossad, which is like a, uh, I don't know, how, how, would you, how would you put that? It was, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way. It's like a uh, secret service type of thing. You don't fuck with these guys. They're key in a heartbeat. Anyway, we we they waited until everybody got off the plane. We we got off the back of it, and and I I told somebody I know what it feels like. And this sounds braggadocious, but it's true. I know what it feels like to be Elvis Presley. People were pulling my shirt, grabbing my hair. Women were screaming and carrying on, and uh, it, it, 
not frightening. But, you know, like I said, you watch the TV show for years, and all of a sudden, here's these big guys coming off the plane, and it, it was a different experience. Well, uh, Australia was kind of like that, too, but Israel was something else. We were... We got over there, and we were teaching their, their guys how to wrestle the way we did. And they, they, the Palestinians came over, wrestlers, and they did a strange thing. They got down on their knees, and they turned, they're facing you, and they turned their hand. Well, if I was on my knees, I turned my hand upside down, kind of. And, and I said, what the hell is he doing? And our spokesman for the group said, it was, it was his way of saying thank you so much for coming and for teaching our guys how to wrestle. So he, he did a lot of different things. He's like in Japan. Oh, my God. I, mean, I, I will go back and forth for different incidents that, that happened to me. So bear with me sometimes. But... uh the anyway, the Palestinians wanted us to come to Palestine, and the, the Mossad, the, the the guys I was telling you about, they said, "No, you don't want to go there." I said, "Why?" I said, "Don't want to pay me ten grand a week." What do you mean? He said, "You get over there, they'll kidnap you. He'll never, they will never hear from you again." I said, "Well, that would be a good reason not to go." Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would it, be. It, it's a strange country, huh? Go yeah. ahead. Scott, you mentioned the, uh, of course, the famous name Blanchard. How did you start working with the Blanchards? How did that come about? I had quit wrestling for a while, and it was a personal thing that I'm not going to go into. But anyway, uh, I get a call from Joe Blanchard and Wahoo McDaniel and Tully Blanchard. All three of them are on phones, and I, I said, "What's up?" I said, well, we would like for you to come down. We're starting up Southwest Championship Wrestling. And I thought, I, I don't know. And they gave me a money figure. And I said, well, maybe you're convincing me to come see you. But anyway, uh, I, I went there, and they wanted me to be a heel. I get in the ring with Tully, and we're doing our thing. And next thing I know... I turned, they turned me babyface in the ring. And that's how I got started uh, there in San Antonio. One of the greatest places in the world to live. Uh, it, the food's magnificent. The people are really nice. I can't say enough uh, enough things about uh, San Antonio. But that's how I got started. And that was in 1970. I mean, most of these people living, uh, are listening to this probably weren't even born when I was wrestling. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm an old fart now. But anyway, uh, we were there, and we had a lot of fun, made some money, chased a lot of women, and uh, just had a great time. That's how it started. They wanted me to be a baby, uh, a heel. But when I got the ring and I wrestled Tully, it, uh, he turned me and I turned myself baby face because that's what I'd always been. And uh, there you go. <laughs> well, you, you you always looked like a baby face to me anyway. You didn't seem like you had that heelish look to you, you know? 
I was too good looking for my own, for my own good. You, my you, mother used to say that. She said, <laughs> you're going to get yourself in trouble so many times. Boy, was she right. <laughs> so here, here, here's something. We're, we're, we don't, we're not uh, wrestling historians. Historians are experts, right? But one guy I yeah. found out that you wrestled in Blanchard's area was a, a guy that I was a huge fan of his whole career was Adrian Adonis. Can you tell us what it was like uh, working with Adrian Adonis and what type of person was Adrian Adonis in real life? Well, his real name was Keith Franks. And God bless his soul, he's dead. And I, I think he was in a car accident mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, a hell of a guy. And he talked 90 miles an hour like most of you guys from up north. And <laughs> he... Uh, I mean, he could turn on a dime. He had a strange body. From the waist up, he was huge, and from the waist down, he wasn't. But I mean, he he could he could do anything in the ring, and uh, I had a good time wrestling. And uh, matter of fact, I uh, won the belt from him when I was there. He had, he was leaving, and I won the belt from him. He went back up to New York, and he was working for Vince. And doing some sort of gimmick where he was wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes to make a dollar, right? Yep. Somebody said, paint me purple, kill me like a grape. Well, yeah, okay, if it makes money. And go. that's what it was, you know. We, you know, we were there to to do our best, and it the, the wrestling nowadays is. Almost completely different compared to what it was, and we uh, just—it, you know—I watch it sometimes, and sometimes I don't because I'm—I was trained a different way. I, I was trained by Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, Bobby Duncan, uh, and Dick Murdoch, wow. and hell, I was. You know, I mean, these guys were supreme talent. But if you put them in the ring nowadays, people would probably go, oh, I, I'm not for that, you know. But that's the way it was, you know. I mean, everything changes in time, and you either go with the flow or else, you know, you sit on the sidelines and go, nah, I'm not buying it, you know. But that's the way it was. You know, and it, it's, uh, you they, I, I don't think I watched one program and nobody ever got a headlock. Nobody ever got a uh, arm bar or a lot of suplexes. You know, but uh, it's just, it's changed so, pardon my French, fucking much. You just can't believe what these guys do now. I mean, they... You know, if they're not doing trickle back flips off the top rope and stuff like that, well, the people are going to go, well, okay, I'm not for it, but that's what they want to do. But it's it's just, you just have to, like I said, go with the flow and and, uh, either you do it their way or or you don't do it at all, you know. Scott, can I I ask you a question? Uh, here's, Here's a deal. So I get it, right? The older wrestlers, there's a, there was that certain allure to wrestling and um, 
the believability, right? It, you know, the the curtain wasn't peeled back. Um, so, you know, just like you're saying, and just like many of the older wrestlers saying, they're not big fans of the new wrestling. Here's a question for you, though. Does, does it bother you that guys like us and so many others now are involved in the sport that you, know, you made famous and that we're kind of allowed into this picture? Like, how does the wrestler look as at the fans that now think, not that we think we're part of the business, but are somewhat like involved in the business. We get lumped into the people who think that they're in the business because they have a show, if you know what I'm saying. Does the uh, the media thing kind of like blow your mind and annoy you considering the uh, purest uh, standpoint you so enjoyed growing into this business? Well, it was, it was really different when I got in there. I mean, I, Perry Funk and I were uh, good friends and uh, he said, you want to try to, try to, try to wrestle? I said, yeah, I, I'd like it, you know. But, to what you're saying, you had to pay your dues back then. Mm. And that meant the living shit beat out of you more than you got to anything else. And, uh, only, I went from Amarillo, Texas to Tampa, Florida. Now, that's a long ass way. And I'm in a little Volkswagen and I'm driving down there and I get down there and I, I meet these guys, Dennis was, Dennis McCord, uh, Austin Idol is what it, what they call him, <clears throat> Bob Roop, uh, let me think of some of the other guys, Butch <clears throat> McCreary, and I remember Bobby Duncan said before I went down there, he said, learn how to do jumping squats. And if you know what that is, you better be able to do a few. I got to where I could do 500 of them at a time. And I get down there and hear on Matsuda, who was part of the office there, and also the teacher of uh, the wrestlers. Uh, excuse me, I got the balcony. Anyway, uh, he said, I want you guys to start doing jumping squats. Well, thank God Bobby Duncan and Terry said, learn how to do them. And I, I did 500 and they impressed Matsuda. Because all of us were greener and goat shit anyway, and we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Uh, we had a, obviously a, a good idea of it, but we didn't know that's what it would take. <clears throat> when I say pay your dues, Try doing 500 of anything, and you tell me how you feel after you get through. It was unreal. But, you know, you just, it, 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 I mean, that, this has been almost 50 years ago, or, or, or longer. And uh, people go, you did that? Well, and I sit there and think about it. I wonder what they have to go through now to get in the business. Obviously, the old-timers were going to make money off of them. You know, you, know, you had to pay your dues, pay the teacher, and uh, it was quite an experience, you know. The only thing that saved me is I was good-looking and the girls liked me. And I paid my dues there. <laughs> so, how, so how did you how did you feel when they told you when you were first starting that you were going to be uh, 
you know, a heel against uh, Tully. Did you have a preference? Like, did were you more much more comfortable playing the heel, which you obviously, you know, played a lot? I mean, was that... Yeah, I, I very rarely played the heel. I, right. I was always a baby face. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I knew Tully, and I knew Wahoo, and I knew Joe, and I quit for about, I don't know, six months, something like that. And then back in when they brought me down there, and they paid me good money, and uh, at that time, what I thought was good money, mm. and uh, it, it was it was different. I mean, everything's different nowadays, guys. You know, you with the you know everybody wore tights back then, right? Right. I mean, you know, short pants, and nowadays everybody wears the, the long pants, and and it. it, it Everything has changed so much, but just like anything in life, if you if you're at it for a while, it'll change, you know. And it, and it did for me, but I I learned so much from guys. I went to the Carolinas. I worked with guys like Nelson Royal, Sweet Hanson, uh, Swede. Who else? Much getting old, you can well, remember you forget everything. Scott, long list of so anyway, stuff. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Wrestling, uh, trying to think. Is is Blanch is, Bl- is Blanchard underrated to you? By the way, I wanted to ask you that because Tully Blanchard, of course, you know, Four Horsemen, et cetera, et cetera. But do you feel like he's underrated after all these years? He doesn't get mentioned enough. I met Tully down there, and and I'd wrestled for a while, then quit, then came back, and he was very nice. He, well, in my book, I wrote he was a real prick because <laughs> all right, just, it was his first business, right? And he did things different way, and he had had an attitude. But I'd been in the business long enough. I told him, I said, don't fuck with me, Tully. I said, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're doing. So don't. And he started laughing. He said, okay. Anyway, he and I got along pretty good after that. But there you go. At first, he thought his, he thought his shit didn't stink. Right. You know, and now he's a preacher or something like that. I'm sure God rolled over in his grave or whatever. Mm. And because he was arrogant. And but he had a right to be. He played ball at West Texas State University. Met Roger Staubach. Remember him, the quarterback? Absolutely. For the Cowboys? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. He was gonna. He was gonna teach Tully how to be a pro football player. Mm. But Tully got in a accident, and his you, you know your lap muscles, the muscles front of your armpit, it goes down to your back. Mm-hmm. It was an accident and just destroyed it. And he couldn't throw the ball like he used to. I guess that's why I got into wrestling. But anyway, uh, he, you know, he, we, I, I'm walking with him one day and he's mouthing off to one of the other guys. I said, shut the fuck up, Dolly. Nobody wants to hear your shit. And I got him because I, I mean, I knew what was going to happen. Hey, they were either going to come to blows or else, whatever. But anyway, but and I, and I wrote in my book. I said you were a real prick. 
There you go. That was the way it was. There you go. Well, while we're on, uh, yeah. just get oh yeah, sure. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Scott, Phil DeCesare, uh oh. out there is asking, how was Bruiser Mister Pile driver Bob Sweeten in real life? Strange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that way. I mean, he, I heard he went to prison for doing something with. Some child or something like that. I, I don't know. Mm. But uh, he would work. He worked with me because I've been in the business long enough that they respected me. It's just like uh, give me an example of being respected. I'm in what was it? North Carolina, and and George Scott was a, a booker. He said, Scott, do you know anything about John Valentine? I said, no, I know he's a great wrestler. He said, well, fight for your life. And, <laughs> and the word work was not in the vocabulary there. So we get out in the ring, and he is swaling the piss out of me. I mean, not in the groin and not in the face, the, the stomach, the chest, the mm. back, whatever. And, I mean, he just had me black and blue all over and I thought to myself, you know, Scott, you're 1,500 miles away from Texas, but I'll be goddamn if I let anybody beat on me without giving them a, re a receipt. And I started wailing on him. And he knocked me out on the apron. And Angelo Martinelli was a, an old-time referee. They're talking. John had long blonde hair. His son is Greg Valentine, in case you don't know who well, he Of course. Is. But anyway, course. he said... I reached, I'm, I'm on the apron, and I grabbed the rope and pulled myself up. And, gentlemen, I never hit anybody this hard in my life. I caught him with a forearm across the chest and buckled his knees. He just, uh, and he goes, oh, I love it. And I went, oh, this guy's either nuts <laughs> or he's crazier than that. And after that, we got in the ring. He was just as light as a feather. Wow. But he just, back then, the old-timers wanted to see if you had enough guts to stay in there with them. And they, they don't do that now. I don't know what the hell they do now, but they're flying around like birds and all that crap. <laughs> was, it, was it the money that I mean, kept you going? I mean, why would you want to take such a, such a massive beating all the time? What kept you involved in staying a, a pro wrestler? It doesn't sound very glorious. It's not. It's not. You learn, you got what they call respect. If you can have a match, <clears throat> a wrestling match back when I was doing it, you'd start out and you'd have holes, get in and out of them, whatever. Suplex, uh, maybe a suplex once in a great while. But uh, it just, you just, I had the burning, burning desire to be good at what I wanted to be at. I, I left uh, my first wife because I wanted to wrestle. And, I, and I, she didn't want to go on the road, so there I was, out there by myself learning how to do it. And uh, it's just, it's, 
if somebody says, somebody would say, oh, you can't do that, Scott. Well, <laughs> watch me. There you go. I mean, when I walk through the, when I walk through the curtains at Madison Square Garden, the mecca of wrestling, I thought to myself, now you doubting Thomas has said I was never big enough, I was never tough, tough enough, I could do not do this or that. And I'm in the ring wrestling in a, a semi-main event. And uh, with uh, oh, one, of the, one of the Samoan boys, and I can't think of his name. But anyway, <clears throat> I did it. I learned how to do it. And, uh, and I got respect over the years. I did it for 22 years. And uh, I thought to myself, yeah. Now tell me I can't do it. There you go. It was, I'm with it. It's it just, you know, it's just, it, it all depends on the, the desire and, and how you feel about it. You know, being able to do 500 jumping squats, being able to do this and that. Then they had a, Ernie Ladd. You remember Ernie Ladd? Oh. Very big black. Of course. He was six foot nine. He was great. He played ball for the, yeah, he played ball for the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the first Super Bowl. Now, he said, I want to, I said, I want a, a move that I can do that I don't kill myself, but it looks like it. He said, I'll teach you how to do what they call a hangman. A hangman was, if he threw me in the ropes, he kind of semi-tripped, and you stuck your head between the top rope and the second rope, and you did a cartwheel. Oh, now you're laying in the ring with a with, with the ropes around your neck, and people are going, "God, is he gonna be all right?" And uh, I only did it a few times because Ernie said you can break your neck. And I thought only in an extreme match would I do something like that. Mm. But uh, like like I'm saying, don't tell me no. I'll, I'll prove you wrong. And I did. And you no, did. I'm not bragging, man, bragging. Don't just about it. It's just I wanted to be the best of what I could be. At. I mean, I did. I did bumps and twists and flips and turns over the top row. It looked like they killed me. And uh, by all rights, I probably should have been. But you learn. You know, you learn how to take care of yourself. And like Wahoo McDaniels, who I'm sure you know who that is, mm -hmm. but uh, he uh, he said, I, 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 well, back when I was doing it, they had two out of three fall matches. And I locked up with Dory Funk Jr. in a two out of three fall match. And when I did, I snapped my little finger on my left hand, and it was kind of hanging down. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We, we did the first fall. I'm going back to the dressing room. I'm reading up something here. And uh, I go back to the dressing room, and I'm hollering, crying, carrying on. One of said, Boy, shut the fuck up. Anybody ever tell you you had to do this for a living? No, no, goddamn. I said, you know, I'm looking at my finger. He said, tape it up. He said, you can find sympathy. Now, this was told to me 40 fucking years ago. He said, you can find sympathy alphabetically in the dictionary 
between shit and syphilis. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. Oh, my God. Scott, what was Scott? can you tell us what world-class championship wrestling was like at, at its height? Because, like, we didn't get to see as much of it as we wanted to living here in New York. How hot was WCCW back when you were around there? I, I'm sure that they were uh, f- afraid that us damn rebels were going to take over New York and everywhere else. We had the biggest guys, the meanest guys. One-man yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other names. Well, I know Brody uh, went through there. Yeah. Hey, Bruiser Brody went through Texas, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I'll tell you a story on Brody since you're there. We were. Brody was there. The monks were there. Ricky Romero. All of them were in Amarillo. So, <laughs> Bruiser was uh, going to go to Japan. He, that's where he made his money, in Japan. I mean, a guy would make 10, 15, 20,000 dollars a week. Wow. It depends on what the show did. Yeah, that's, that's still damn good money. Well, Brody was a anyway. traveling show. Brody was a specialist in some ways. I'm leading up something here. Hit it. We're all in the dressing room. Dorian Terry, Big Murdoch, Ricky Romero. Then they told uh, Brody, they said, we want you to drop the belt to Terry. And for some reason, he did not like the Funks, did not like Big Murdoch, did not like Ricky Romero. He said, I'm going to pop it to Scott. And they look at him, oh, you can't do that. He can't carry the bell. He he didn't do this or that. He said, yeah, he will. And we were in Corpus Christi. So <laughs> I'm out there. And he said, I'm, you're going to beat me right in the middle with a suplex. Okay. I'm not going to tell... Frank, or well, that was his real name, Frank Goodish. I'm not going to tell him that he can't drop it for me. I said, you know, you're making a lot of enemies. He said, yeah. He said, but I still draw money when I come back. That was the name of the game. So, and uh, I, he did. I dropped. He dropped the belt to me. I beat him right square in the middle. And very seldom you find anybody that could say that they did that. But I, Frank and I were about the same age, and he thought the world of me. Drove me nuts sometimes, but he was a good man. Did- and I, I hated when he died. God damn, what a horrible way to go. But anyway, yeah, <clears throat> I, have, I have another story. I've got hours of this shit. I don't know how much money you guys got, but if you want it, I can... I can <laughs> Come back or whatever. Anyway. Okay. Uh, excuse me? Nothing. I'm <laughs> counting my money right now, but go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Let me see. That's a nickel. I got I got a dime here. Wait a minute. Go ahead, Scott. I'll tell you the story. That night when I he dropped the bill to me, Bruiser. It had been a terrific hurricane come through. 
and we're going back up to San Antonio, and there's mile markers on the highway that are tells you where you where you've been or where you're going, whatever. He uh, I had to gather my thoughts on this because it's been a while since I've told any of these. But anyway, we we get out to the car after the match, and I got the belt. And folks at all of them are going nuts. Anyway, uh, we're going back, and we, as I'm talking to you on the phone, as in my name is Scott Casey, and as I did it for, for 22 years, this happened. We're going back up to, Amber, to uh, San Antonio. So, all of a sudden, you, we see red, green, orange, blue, yellow, different lights shooting up in the sky. And Wahoo had his Cadillac, and I'm with, uh, I'm in the front seat with him, and uh, trying to think. Neil Masters and Tom Jones, a black wrestler, were in the back. And we're seeing these line markers, and these lights are getting very intense. And I'm going, fuck, what's going on? We came around a corner, and like I said before, this is Scott Casey talking to you. There's a UFO what? out in the field. It was probably, I want to say, it was hovering up off the ground about, uh, and I hadn't been drinking tonight, boys. I'm telling you the truth. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I wish I had a bit, but anyway, I we stop and Wahoo goes, damn, we gotta see if we can knock on the door and book them on the next show. I said, you know, you got mine. I said, you get out of this car, walk your fat ass back to San Antonio. And honestly, uh, is talking in Spanish. Tom Jones, oh Lord, oh my. And I'm looking at the water going, don't you do it. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. Scott, Scott Casey, Mill Mascaris, and Wahoo McDaniel are claiming they saw a UFO. Yeah, well, but Wahoo's dead, and so is Tom Jones. And when I saw, uh, they did. Anyway. Wow. I was at the uh, gather, the gathering. I think that's what they call it in Charlotte. Uh huh. With all the guys together, I don't know what you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. they uh, I walked up to Masquerus. I said, "Do you remember?" He said, "Completely." He said, "I never prayed so much in my life." I said, "Well, we well, saw it." Scott- I said, "At least we know we we can verify from each other." But now, Wahoo's dead. Tom Jones is dead. So it's just me and Raskers. Well, we know. He said, yeah, we, I remember it very well. We know that Wahoo didn't book the aliens for a show, but I mean, what happened to the UFO once you saw it? Did it just shoot into the sky? I mean, uh, you turn the corner, you see one. What happens next? No, you, well, what happened was we pulled up to it and we slowed down. I okay. told Wahoo, I said, "Don't you fucking stop! <laughs> I don't want to go to Xanadu or someplace like that." <laughs> Just because of the, uh, something, something from a 
different part of the world or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he he didn't. He kept going. Okay. But I think he was scared too, but he didn't act like it. That was the toughest man I've ever met in my life. Did you guys ever get to watch Wahoo wrestle? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Sure. 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 He was. He was. You know, well, I don't know how much of a comparison it is, but the guy was built like Samoa Joe. <laughs> he was a big, big boy. Yeah. He was a big boy. Plus, we're both Jet yeah. fans, Scott. We're both Jet yeah, fans. Yeah, and Wahoo so was a Wahoo Jet. Wahoo was a Jet, so. Yeah, so we love Wahoo. Yeah, we love Wahoo. Well, anyway, he can he's literally, well, let me back up and say Wahoo played pro football for the Dallas Texans before they became the Dallas Cowboys and also for the New York Jets. Of well, course. he really played... Wait, wait, he really paid for the New York Jets yeah. first. Dallas, Texans. Before cool. the Dallas Texans. <laughs> That's terrible. He <laughs> said okay, but anyway. <laughs> He's like, whatever, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. He was tough. Oh, yeah, he and, was. Uh, I bet. Especially if you wanted to go straight up to the to the UFO. This story, well, he was always kind of a miserable son of a bitch, <laughs> and uh, he uh, was. I said one day his real name was Ed McDaniel. I said, Ed, what the fuck is the matter with you? He said, oh, I went to the doctor today. They cut a cyst out of his asshole. All right. <laughs> so much for salad. I said. I'm going to go to a fucking match and wrestle. Boy, I don't pay to see sick wrestlers. You can find sympathy between shit and syphilis, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. And he went up, and it was so funny because he stopped at a 7-Eleven and said, go give me a box of Kotex. <laughs> Never call me Scott. Never call me Casey. Even when I was a champion, I was always motherfucker. <laughs> now, why the fuck would... <laughs> have no fucking idea, but I'm not going to tell him he can't do that. <laughs> but, oh man, I mean, I had so many guys that were just crazier than a march hair, but were great in the ring, and you know, you never really knew what they were like. I mean, would they they go to the, we'd drive to the matches, and then uh, drive back home, and you wouldn't see them until the next night. Yeah. And it's just the way, that's the way it was back back then. Hey, and, Scott, uh, Scott, I want to kind of bring you back to... I don't know. I want to bring you back to the what? WCCW. I want to talk to you about the Von Erichs. Uh What was it like working with the Von Erichs And what, did, did they have the... Did you see the problems they were having growing up into this industry under Fritz? Well, I'm going to piss a lot of Von Erich fans off. But they were all, they did drugs, you know. I mean, we went to Israel, and uh, they had the president of the country uh, and a bunch of other people there, movie stars. I didn't know who they were. Anyway, they could not get the Von Erichs sobered up enough. I don't know whether they were on, what, what they were on, but they were just a mess. You know, and people love them still to this day. And folks, I'm not, I liked them. I had fun with them. I never ran with them. They ran with the brothers. That was it. They didn't run with with, with the, the guys. Uh, Chris Adams, 
uh, you name it, all the guys that wrestled were just, uh, I don't have to put, they were into themselves. Why couldn't Fritz, you know, and, uh, why do you think Fritz couldn't keep them in order? Because if you think about it, if they didn't have the problems they had, like you said, you that that territory with Kerry and David and Kevin. and Kevin, God knows what you guys could have done. Gino, Chris Adams. Yeah. Bruce Abreu well, stopping we by. A, uh, we had a match at, uh, what was it, where the Cowboys used to play football. Texas Stadium or something like that. Anyway. In Arlington. We we uh, we had we almost sold the whole damn place out. It was like forty, fifty, sixty thousand people there, mm. and uh, we just they I, I don't know. It's just the people just loved them, and I you know I was I was friends with them, but uh, only one time, Kerry. <laughs> He was, he'd come in there and get himself ready or whatever. We put itching powder in my tights and I didn't know it. Ooh. And I told him, I said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he started laughing. He said, all right, here's, an, here's a pair of mine. Go out there and do your thing. I, I mean, but they, they stayed with each other. They, it's like the rest of us were just part of the show. You know, I mean, they... Had, I mean, they, I'll give you a prime example. Kerry was given a new Corvette each year that he was there to drive. And, and, you know, and, uh, I, it was like they were gods or something, and they pr- were promoted that way. Scott, were they safe? To, were they safe to work with? I mean, considering you're telling me that they were high half the time, were they safe to work with? Did you ever wa- worry about that? Well, I'll tell you a story. Rick Flair was wrestling uh, Kerry for the belt. Kerry was so fucked up. I'm sorry, folks. I was there and it happened. And he was so fucked up, he couldn't even get in the ring. But they put him in a high school shower to wrestle for the belt. You know, they, they had a sellout crowd. He finally got in the ring and, had a, he, and he had a match. It was a good match. And how he could do that the way it was, I don't know. I really don't. But that's what he, that was his lifestyle, you know. And but did, like, did I mean, you, you did, tell me a guy that was nuts because, I mean, what did he do? Shoot himself in the chest with mm, a pistol? Mm, yeah. yeah. And another one, yeah. drugs. Yeah. And... Uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I hate saying things bad about the dead, but it was a different world. It really was, you know what I mean? And the way the way they did their thing it was different. That's all I can say. I, I mean, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to talk bad about the dead, but goddamn, when they were alive, they would do silly, stupid shit. Yeah. What Jerry did, rode a motorcycle, and uh, tore his foot off, and they put it back on. Didn't last. He had a prosthetic foot, and uh, as, that's just the way it as, was. As a wrestler a in that shame. organization, though, did you guys feel comfortable enough to go to Fritz and say, "Get the boys under control"? You guys are blowing this here, or well, would anyone dare? 
could have gone out and kissed a monkey's ass, oh. and people would have loved it. They didn't care. Oof. Bill, man, I mean, it was his business, and mm. he was it was his boys. So what are you gonna do? You know, I mean, uh, if you were a heel, you can make some extra money. But as a baby face, face, you're not gonna do it simply because they were the wrestling mecca. And 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 like I said, I am I apologize to the fans that love him and that would. I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but it was it was tough sometimes. And uh, I was just the way it was, you know. Hey, hey Scott, we're about out of time. Um, we're going to hit you something with uh, something called the Pharaoh's final question. We once again we want to thank you for coming on Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Uh, it's an honor to have such an icon like yourself on our show. So we want to thank you again, and just a shout-out real quick. Uh, for fans out there, you could read more about Scott Casey's life in wrestling is in One Last Ride, written by Captain uh, Nick Massey along with Scott Casey. Jimmy Farrow's final question, sir. All righty. Uh, Scott, being that we've uh, spent a lot of time talking about Texas tonight, who, in your opinion, is the greatest professional wrestler to come out of Texas. Uh, I'd be hard rough. to say. I guess probably, probably Terry. Terry Funk. You know, I mean, nobody looked like him. Nobody could do what he did in the ring. And uh, I, it might have been a dysfunctional family, but they could do their thing in the ring. I mean, Kevin barefooted. Kerry, the way he looks, I would say probably Kerry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Scott, you know, I, I just, um, one thing maybe you could appease me with. You know, we grew up in the WWE up here, and we really didn't get to talk about WWE talk. Um, but, again, what we saw of, like, Southern wrestling was, you know, when cable started to grow, whatever else. But, um, I'm, I'm sure you wrestled with a guy named Eddie Mansfield. I think you're actually, uh, would be friends with him. Um, I asked this, yeah. to, I asked this to Johnny Rods when he was on the show. So I'll ask this to you. Whenever I hear Eddie on these podcasts, he's always bragging about selling out arenas or whatever else. And for what we know of Eddie Mansfield, he was yeah. just whatever. Johnny said Eddie couldn't sell out, uh, a, a 200 person arena. You worked with him. Could Eddie Mansfield sell out these arenas, or tell us about Eddie Mansfield? Eddie has an ego the size of uh, the Empire State Building. But anyway, he was in the ring with me. I mean, we wrestled many times, and we um, we sold out the Hemisphere Arena. And uh, he, he exposed the business big time. And the guys were, you know, trying to make a living and him doing his thing like that. It upset a lot of people. But he had talent. He could talk. Oh, my God, that man could talk on a microphone. And it's like, like Wahoo said to me one time, you can't talk, you can't walk, you're not going to be in the business. 
and that's but that was it. You know, uh, I was they have a, a a thing called the Legends with Brian Blair and all the guys, and uh, they. Uh, hold on, hon. I can't walk and talk and chew gum at the same time, so and she's trying to tell me something. That was Eddie. Yeah. But anyway, he was good in the ring, but he shot himself in the foot with the rest of us. Mm. You know, but anyway, and I, I hadn't talked to him in years, and somehow he got a hold of me. And I told him, I said, come to the Legends meeting. You know, they have it down in Tampa, Florida. Oh, I can't go down there. Everybody hates me. I said, fuck, that was 40 years ago, Eddie. Who cares? And uh, he he went and had a great time. And he has a podcast of his own somewhere. I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, I told him, I said, nobody cares. It, the, the business has been so exposed now. It was, I mean, there's no way you could hurt it again. I mean, you could do anything in the world, and people would still come back and watch matches. And, you know, I said, hey, that's the way it was. You know, but like I said, Eddie, he could walk, he could talk, and he could do things. And walking took and do as many different things in the ring as any of the guys that can do it now. I will say that for him. And, um, yeah. Well, well Scott, anyway. I want to thank, I want to thank you again for joining us. We'd love to have you back on. Uh, I'll contact you later on and thank you again for uh, joining Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Okay. Turn the radio off and let me, I need to ask you something. Okay. All right, hold on. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll call you after the show. Can you give me like five minutes? <laughs> okay. All right, I'll call you in five. Thanks, Bye-bye. Scott. He'll call you on his phone. Anyway. So, Scott Casey, what are you thinking? He's awesome. He's good, right? He's down to earth. He's awesome. I only have one question. Didn't we have him in the in, in our studio like years back, and he didn't come on the air? Well, that's my fault. Is that what happened? Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, you refused to toss salad, didn't you? I was just, just like, eh. What? <laughs> you were like, eh. That's rough. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that phone call in five minutes. <laughs> no, wait. Wait a minute. Hold what on. The fuck? Hold on. What? What? Redefine air. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to give you I a, guess I can. I really. guess you can. I guess you just I tell you what, I'll it. call him in five minutes. He really loves you, man. He loves you. No, you gave gold. You gave gold, brother. Dude, gold. It wasn't that. At that. No, I know. I, that I, day I remember we had seeing him the next day. We had Hillbilly Jim yeah, we had a million Oma. people. It was like we were going nonstop. And yeah. so it was like, hey. He yeah. was cool, too. He no, was chilling out. He was good guy. He was chilling out. I was like thinking to myself, how come he's not on the couch? Everybody, we had a lot of people that day. That's got something to do with it. That's something to do with it. And I saw him the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I saw him the next day. All right, anyway, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for helping, Billy. Don't forget, like if you can, order some stuff for Christmas. Use the MNP discount for Manscaped. Uh, Again, Sunday, we're back here with 
Maven in studio on the couch. Tony Atlas in a very special Merry Christmas show for everybody. We thought we'd have some fun with that. So we'll see you on Sunday, Farrow. Any thoughts uh, before we go out? Um, You want to just real quick tell everybody your thoughts on the firing of Mandy Rose. Can you caption it real quick? The firing of Mandy Rose. Uh, The releasing of Shocked when I heard it. I suspect that there might have been some uh, ladies in the locker room, even on the main program, that she didn't get along with. Um, I think she's making a mistake, though. I don't think it would have been worth it to show my stuff and lose your job. That's a hell of a job she had, so I'm not too thrilled with that. Uh, still a lot to go over. I'm sure we'll yeah. be talking in on weeks so on over, right? Yeah, it's going to continue. We don't know whether she said, hey, I want out. Right. We don't know they said, hey, you got to go. Right. Don't really know. Right. I want to thank everybody out there. Yard 8, thank you. RJ, thank you. First Lady of Wrestling, thank you. (coughs) MF Sports, thank you for the hookup, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Phil, thank you for the wonderful question and the bits. Really appreciate that, sir. Much needed. Want to thank you guys all again. You're getting the channel back into shape. So thank you. Thank you, Jimmy Farrow. Thank you, Jared. Uh, You were spot on as usual today. Unbelievable producing as ever. Purple Ginger. First time ever hearing you, right? I don't think we know Purple Ginger, no. right? So welcome aboard, Purple Ginger. Hello, hello. ESO Creative uh, and everybody else. Have a wonderful day. We will see you Sunday, 5 o'clock to and then uh, 9 o'clock with Tony Alice. 5 o'clock, maybe 9 o'clock, Tony Alice, and maybe we'll do a live show or just a flat-out show in between oh, okay. to kill the time. Yeah, that sounds good. All right? All right. Send you who been watching. Monty and the Pharaoh, and until Sunday, later.